Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Ville Church, I am so uh, honored and humbled to be here. I I really, uh, anytime God gives me an opportunity to stand up and talk to his people, it's like really um, a humbling thing for me because I just know I don't deserve it. Who am I to stand up here and talk to people from a perfect word and I myself am imperfect. Um, But if we can, let's just go before God with a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Lord, we thank you so much for your son Jesus and his grace, his mercy, his love, his sacrifice, the cross. Um, Without Jesus, Lord, we can't even approach you in prayer, but because of him, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. I'm praying for hearts to be fertile this morning, and I'm praying that the word would take root and produce seed a hundredfold. May only you be glorified. May only you be seen. May only you get all the praise and the glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so how many of y'all in here like to eat? Like, the, yes, it's my child here. Um, I, so for me, I, I like eating, but I like to go to places. I don't like to try new places if somebody who I trust ain't told me that this new place is good, if that makes sense. So like, uh, they'd be like, hey, try this food truck. I'm like, have you ate there yet? Like, no, but my friend did. Well, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I like to go somewhere where, hey, my mama said, Hey, if you go here, it's going to be, because I feel like we got the same palate, kind of, you know what I'm saying? So I know I'll trust that. Um, but personally, like, when I eat something really good, I got to go tell other people. I have to. The first time I had four rivers, I thought Jesus was back there barbecuing the ribs. <laughs> I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever had in my life. I got to go tell everybody to go to four rivers and get their ribs. It was amazing. Same thing the first time I had boiling crawfish. Any of y'all ever had boiling crawfish? What's that? Okay, boiling crawfish is like uh, the red lobster for the hood, okay? <laughs> you get snow crabs in a bag and sausage and corn and it's spicy, your eyes running, your hair itching. It's amazing. I just wanted people to go. Okay, so I have the honor of my beautiful wife being here this morning. Please just give a round of applause to my wife. So all of that stuff y'all see on the screen is not possible without that woman, like, she holds it down. And then my beautiful daughter right here, Grace, wave everybody, just say hey. You know, um, and my mom is here as well. And so that's, that's like the trinity of my heart right there. All three persons of my heart are right there in human form, so I thank God for them. But my daughter takes the whole something being so good, you got to tell people to a whole nother level. If any of y'all got kids, you know kids tell everything. Good stuff, bad stuff, funny stuff, embarrassing stuff. A little while ago, my wife had got a bad salad from a restaurant, okay? And uh, the salad, like, really messed up her stomach. My wife was, she, like, threw it back up and threw it up in the toilet, and Grace was there, like, you know, patting on her back. Y'all supposed to say, aww, and, like, patting on her back, making sure it's okay. So now when we're in public, Every time Grace sees a salad, she's like, oh, mommy, this is a salad. You remember when you were throwing that salad up in the toilet and it was coming out of your mouth in the toilet? You were throwing up 
And like random people are like, oh, God, what's going on? And I'm like, my family, hey, sorry. We throw up salad. <laughs> That's what we do. We're, we're standing in line at Disney. Um, my wife is talking to her cousin about cheerleading and how things are big. And so I'm like, we're going to do a big stunt. And my daughter's like, yeah, just like daddy has a big belly. Look. And like slapping. Like, look, daddy has a big belly. Everybody's listening. Like, oh, he does. I'm like, Hey, it's my family. We throw up salad and have big valleys. It's us. We can learn from kids, though. Man, kids are so excited to share their life experiences um, with others. And we can honestly learn from that. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Book of Mark, chapter 5. The book of Mark is, this is starring one of my favorite people in the Bible. Jesus. I know people say like they like Jesus, but I like Jesus for different reasons than people like Jesus. Jesus was just a gangster to me. I think he's the most like raw person ever walked on earth. That's real deal. My favorite person. I want to be like him. He raw to me. Okay. And so uh, Jesus, just to give you a little context on what's going on, Jesus has just um, done some miraculous things. He's put his disciples in a boat and Calm the storm when there was a storm on the boat, and now they arrived to the other side where Jesus told them they would be going. And in verse 1, it says, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, Man, what's your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Hey, send us into the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. If this is your first time ever reading this story, you're probably like, Man, I came to a wrong church service. What in the world is going on? Pigs, demons, water. What's going on? 14. The herdsmen fled. They ran. And they told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Please leave, bro. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how 
he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. When I read this story, my heart literally breaks for this guy. This, this account is told in Matthew chapter 8 as well as Luke chapter 8. This, this guy in this city called Gerasene, it is an intersection of where Jewish people would live and where Gentiles had occupied. And so there was like this intersection of cultures and beliefs and all that kind of stuff. And this guy is here. And according to Luke's account, he doesn't have any clothes. And he is living out amongst the tombs. He's in the graveyard butt naked. Nobody can shackle him down. He's breaking chains. He got stones. He's picking the stones up, cutting himself, and he's yelling, and he's screaming. I don't know about y'all, but I wouldn't even have walked down the street where he was at in the graveyard. I would have scared he's going to throw a rock at me or start chasing me or something like that. I would have been terrified. I watched too many horror movies on Netflix. Okay? But this guy is going through it. And for us, it's like, Ain't nobody live in the Edgewood Cemetery butt naked. Like, the police will come arrest them. Like, in our minds, it's like, okay, this is a Bible story. Just uh, people not like, living out there in the tombs, like, living amongst dead people and cutting themselves with stones and yelling out and crying out for help and being on top of a mountain. And, ah, that's crazy. That was during Jesus' time. But when I read this, y'all, guess who this guy reminds me of? Me. Pre-Christ. This guy is naked. He is exposed. I was not walking around naked. I wouldn't be here to preach for y'all. I'll be in jail. But just that feeling of being exposed, no protection, I don't been there before. That feeling of, of being alone. My, I, I, when I read the Bible, I like don't read it on top of the pages. I got, I'm an artist, so I think like that. I kind of like open up the pages and jump inside of it and then close it back on top of me. And I like look around. So as I'm looking around at this scene, I'm like, now where's his family at? Where's his mama? Where's his daddy? Where's his auntie, cousin, uncle, brother, sister, niece, nephew? Who, who let this man get to this point? And why nobody ain't let, them come, let him come into their house? Like, I want to go up to him and interview him, like, from a distance, like one of those long microphones. Like, hey, bro, what happened? <laughs> what, what occurred to where you made it to this point, man? Um, the area that I grew up in, uh, statistically, is one of the most dangerous zip codes in the state of Florida, uh, 32209. I grew up in a side of town. They call it Pakistan, a PYC. And, and that's where I'm from. And when you want to say this man, like, living amongst the tombs, man, I know what it's like to kind of, like, just live around dead things, dead people. They're alive, but their drive is dead. Their hope is dead. And this man lived amongst the tombs. Another thing I thought was, hey, maybe he's living amongst the tombs because he's lost all the people that he loves. Maybe the people that he loves are out there in the graveyard and he's 
driving himself crazy because he feel like he needs them. There was a season in my life when I lived inside of my vehicle, and I would literally drive out to Edgewood Cemetery where my auntie is buried at and just park my car and just cry, wishing she could, like, well, I didn't want her to get up because that would have scared the heck out of me. I just wanted her to, like, give me a hug or something. This guy is trouble. Do you see yourself in this guy? Because that's the first thing we got to do is humanize him. Because it's easy to look at him and say he's a maniac. He's possessed. He's. Do you see you in this guy? At any point in time in your life, it might be right now, it might have been years ago. Can you see yourself in this guy? Just yesterday, I was at a conference in Kissimmee with over 3,500 middle school students. Pray for me. Middle schoolers are a whole nother breed. If you got middle schoolers, I'm praying for you. It's a whole nother breed of kids. 3,500 middle schoolers. And I'm, they're worshiping. They're having fun. They're throwing beach balls, rubbing boogers on each other. Mr. Seven, he rubbed the booger on me. Okay, time for y'all to go home. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And one girl, she comes to me and she says, Seven, can I talk to you for a second? And I probably hear that from kids more than anything else. Mr. Seven, I need to talk to you for one second. One second means until I'm done sharing my heart. That takes the rest of the day. You sit your behind right here. I don't care what else you got on your schedule. Listen to me. I say, okay, that's fine. Uh, Sure, what's going on? And this girl sat down and she talked to me. She said, I just heard the sermon that the man preached that um, I'm a child of God. And she said, I'm not a child of God. I said, well, what makes you think that you're not a child of God, sweetheart? Talk to me. Well, Mr. Seven, this is a sixth grader. Sixth grader. She said, I've smoked, smoked weed. Um, She said, me and my girlfriend are having problems. We've been dating for a year. Um, And um, my, she goes on this whole list of things. I have anxiety. I have depression, all that kind of stuff. I'm mad at God. My little brother passed away when I was only five. Why would God do this? And she just is bearing her heart, and she is, like, crying. And I feel so alone. I go home. My mama too busy. My mama be on her phone. She don't talk to me. She go out of her room. It's just me, blah, blah, blah. Sixth grade. Man, I bet she could see herself in this guy. She, like, pulled up her sleeve, and I could see, like, all the little marks that she's made on her arm from her cutting herself. This man was cutting himself in these tombs, bro, with a rock. He was going through something. And so as I'm looking at this little girl, I'm like, hey, 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 listen. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, it's, it's all right. She's like, no, but listen to something. Like, I, like, my uncle helped, I, I helped him sell dope, like, I know how much 10 grams is. I'm like, okay, you don't have to confess all that to me. <laughs> I got you. I say, but just, just hear me out for a second. I say, in God's house, he only got one perfect kid. One. And that's Jesus. That's the only one of his kids that ain't never did nothing wrong. Everybody else who's been adopted, we got backgrounds like you. And I just went on to kind of like share with her little tidbits of my testimony. 
Seven, you fought somebody? Yeah. You put the gun on somebody? Yeah. The seven sure did. And you saved? <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I asked to say, why would you come to me instead of, like, all, you've been around all your group leaders all week. Why, what made you come to me? And she said, I just felt like, I felt like you'll understand me, and maybe they wouldn't have understood me. What made you think I'm going to understand you? Kind of like, I don't like to be up on stage. I don't like to, I don't like titles. I don't like none of that. Who are you? I'm just seven. I like to be with the people, because that's how my man was. Jesus was just a man of the people, dog. He didn't act like you couldn't touch him, you couldn't hug him, you couldn't. Hey, what's up? He'd dap you up. I don't know if he did dap back then, but y'all know what I'm saying. In my mind, Jesus had dap and handshakes with all the disciples, and, you know, they dabbed and all that kind of stuff. It's in my mind. That's how raw Jesus was. Check this out. You got this guy who's been cutting himself. He's crying out. Anybody ever felt like you're praying and it's just hitting the roof and coming right back down to your head? God, help me. Hey, man, buddy, like, I'm just praying. I'm just repeating myself. This is just perfunctory. This is just out of habit and ritual. It's not really getting in it. This man has been crying out night and day. And Jesus finally sails through on his boat and gets out. Night and day. Look at what the first thing he says to Jesus. Verse 6. It says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. Let me tell you why people who live amongst the tombs are so scared of church and church people for the same reason that this man did. He's thinking that when he comes to Jesus, he's about to get punished and tormented. Because that's how everybody else has treated him. We, we exile you. We ban you. You can go just live with the dead people. Because something wrong with you. And he comes to Jesus and the first thing he asks is, hey man, please don't hurt me, dog. I know you're mad at me. I know you're angry with me. Just last night, I come home from being out of town, and I pick my daughter up, and she's so happy to see me, and we play, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm getting ready to take her to bed, and she says, Daddy, can I cut off the fan? I'm like, you want to cut the fan off? She's like, yeah. So I lift her up, and I let her pull the little string on the ceiling fan. So it's still, you know how, then it slows she wanted to stick her fingers up into the fan and stop it. I don't know who she was saying do that. Um, so she, she wanted to stick up. And as, as she's going to put her fingers up, I say, no, 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 Grace, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Put her hand down. I gave her a big kiss. I said, God, I just love you so much. I'm still happy. And I lay her down. And the waterworks started. You could have swam in her room. Broke down crying. <laughs> I 
full out tears. Now, when she cries, I get in trouble by my wife for making her cry. Tevin, what did you do? Saved her hand. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> saved us a hospital visit. That's what I just did. She calls Grace down. Grace, come here. And Grace comes down. She said, what's wrong, baby? Daddy's mean. Like, I just sat on the floor and played with you for almost an hour. Like, she said, why is daddy mean? He wouldn't let me stop the fan. Tip said, no, 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 Gracie, daddy loves you. That's why he wouldn't let you stop the fan. This guy is expecting for Jesus to be menacing toward him. And Jesus responds in love. Hey, man, I love you, bro. And we stay away from God when we think that he's standing there with a belt in his hand, ready to whoop us. You don't want to pray to nobody like that. You don't want to go to church on Sundays. You don't want to open your Bible up, and the first thing you read, okay, God, whatever you open up to, that's what I'm going to read. You go to hell. Oh, goodness, I don't want to read this no more. Like, I'm going to go right back to watching Netflix because this, he is wilding. It may, like, this man runs to Jesus and he's, he's awaiting his punishment. Man, Jesus is so raw. Gosh, this man is raw. Look at how he responds. Jesus said, what is your name? Y'all missed it? This man came, and Jesus, I know you're going to destroy me. Please don't beat me up too bad. And Jesus said, man, what's your name? In Hebrew culture, Jewish culture, the name carries such significance. Jesus' name means salvation. Like names have connection and ties to destiny and, and to your lineage and to your heritage and to your future. And for so long, this man has just been the dude in the tombs who cut himself. He has no work. We've forgotten about him. There were pig herders right there that saw this man every day. You could hear him crying out as you go out there and feed your pigs and stuff. And he just kept going. We don't care nothing about him. We don't care who he is. And Jesus affirms his humanity and says, man, what's your name, bro? What's your name? I've been in the school system. I worked in the school system for like six or seven years. And it would be so many times teachers would get ready to write a kid up on a referral. And guess what they have to ask them? What is your name? You don't know the kid. You finna discipline them, though. Don't know their background. The first time you ask for their name is for you to punish them. People that grow up where I'm from statistically are going to be drug dealers, are going to be crackheads, are going to be felons. Statistically, I don't have a name. I'm just a statistic. I'm a gang member. 
because of where I'm from. Statistically, Jesus weeds through all of that stuff that people have said about me, and they say, what's your name? Some of you are sitting in here this morning, and people have made either your sin, your mistakes, your condition, your orientation, whatever it is, they have made that your identity so much that you've just accepted it. And I want you to hear this morning, Jesus saying, hey, what's your name, man? You're human. You're made in my image. I affirm that you have value. What's your name? Jesus is talking to him like he's a normal person. When he went to Peter, he's like, hey, Peter, what's your name? Peter was a fisherman. He's talking to a guy who's standing there probably butt naked, Cuts all over his body, dirt, probably like slob coming out of his mouth, hair unkept, not shaved. And he's standing there and Jesus is like, man, what's your name? Y'all, that's so profound. He doesn't like mistreat him. He doesn't. What's your name? Like, no, no, what's your name, man? Jesus sees you in your brokenness. Like, he sees you in your dirt. He sees you in your scars. He's, he's heard you crying out from the tombs. He knows that you've been around dead things. He knows that people have just kind of like kept doing their thing and left you over here. He knows that. And he comes to you and guess what he says? What's your name? I want to know. Brother said, my name is Legion. Basically, in hood terms, that means a lot going on in me, Jesus. I got a lot going on. I'm dealing with some traumatic things that I've seen from when I was a kid. I'm dealing with some stuff that, hey, man, some people did me wrong, like when I was six, and I'm in my 40s, and it's still bothering me. Hey, I'm, I'm dealing with some, I, I got this, I got that. You ever feel like you got too much going, like, this is how you know you got too much going on. If, if, you, if you don't know if you got too much going on, let me help you. If you can go to sleep, sleep for a long time, and wake up sleepy, you got a lot going on. I'm for real. If you can go to sleep and wake up, you're like, man, that sleep made me tired. tired but you're asleep I know you know why hyperactive brain activity your brain is still going even though your body is at rest you got a lot going on start on one thing and halfway into that one thing you start doing another thing because that came in your mind then you start doing that and then you're like oh I gotta finish Man, let me go ahead and go back and do this. And before you know it, you are, you got a lot, you got a lot going on. This man said, hey, my name is Legion, and that just means it's a lot going on in here, Jesus. I, can, I would feel better if it was just one thing. If I could just say, hey, God, my car not working that good. 
Oh, I feel good. But it's my car, my kids, me, my health, my diet, my social media intake. It's everything. God, I got a lot. So much. <laughs> I've had people ask me for seven, what's wrong? And I have to lie and tell you nothing because I don't know where to start. What's wrong? Nothing, dog. <laughs> I don't even, why, where do you want me to start at? You start over here. You what's, like, what's wrong? I sat down with a counselor uh, one time. And he was like, all right, man, we're going to start our first session today. You got 30 minutes. So I'm like, bro, never mind. I might as well go ahead and leave. This dang going to be enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just be getting started. I got a lot. This man is, he's saying, hey, man, I have a lot of unclean things going on in me. They've caused me to alienate myself and isolate myself. I don't want other people to get what I got going on with me, man. I'm by myself, Jesus. Matter of fact, God, I, I get these rocks and I just pick them up and I just be cutting myself because it make me feel a little bit better. God, I, man, listen, God, I really don't even like alcohol like that, but I just keep drinking because that's, man, I don't know what the heck else to do. God, I don't even like these pills like that, but that's what helped me to help me to go to sleep and make me feel. God, I don't even like the person I'm dating, but I just gotta stay with them because I don't want to be by myself. I just got a lot of unclean things going on in here, man. It's just, it's just a lot. Legion say, but it's a lot going on. a lot. Just depression alone is a lot. And sometimes depression is just the pickles on your sandwich. Dang, anxiety and you got and you just God, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Sometimes I'm worried about stuff that I get so worried about it, I don't even remember what started me to be worried about it. Two o'clock in the morning, you, what if a mountain lion break in my house? Like, mountain lions be coming from, like you don't even know how you got here. The news scare you? The newspaper scare you? Trump scare you? Wars scare you? They gonna cut the food stamps out, that scare you? Social security, that scare you? Retirement, that scare you? No job, and it's just like, God, it's, I'm just a legion. It's a lot going on in here, Jesus. It's a lot. I don't even know where to start. Like, it's a lot. Man, I'm, I'm stuck on this point because I feel, bro, I know what he's, I know what he's feeling, dog. It's God, it's just a lot going on, man. I don't know, no. I try to intentionally, at least once a week, ask my wife what's going on in her heart and put my phone down and just look her in the eyes and say, babe, what's, how's your heart doing? And I know her heart is full when she's like, well, and these little tears start coming up. 
well, I'm like, it's all right, come on. I ain't even got no words. I, I don't know what to say. I'm going to just hold you. Jesus is so raw, bro. Y'all say Jesus raw. He raw. That means he's good. He fine. He nice. He's cool. Yeah, I'm not saying that about my Lord. Like, he's raw. He's good. He's holy. He's perfect. He's righteous. He's raw. Righteous and worthy. That's what raw means. Say that man. I just came up with that. Put that on the shirt, underdog. <laughs> Check this out. The unclean spirits are talking through this man, and they say, hey, man, just throw us into the pigs or something. Like, don't torment us. And Jesus grants it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unclean spirits, demons that are in this man, like things that are opposed to God, come to Jesus and ask Jesus for mercy. And Jesus grants mercy to the demons. To the demons he grants mercy. How do they know who he is? They, they saw him and, oh, boy, it's you. You have to, like, do a little Bible study and, and know that um, the angels and Satan and stuff were all in heaven at one point in time. And then Satan wanted to be Jesus. And Jesus was like, uh, I'm too raw. You're not raw like me. And so Satan got mad and he took, like, a third of the angels with him and they became, like, demons. And so these third of the angels, they remember. They know who he is. And Jesus went up and, oh, y'all. I have mercy on y'all. I'm not going to torment y'all yet. The day coming, but not yet. And he lets them go in the pigs. And this man is healed. About 2,000 pigs rush into the sea. Now, I want y'all to get out of the mind of Legion. And I want you all to get in the mind of the pig herders. If you're a pig herder, that means you make your living off pigs. Okay? So your pigs are fine, normal one moment. Next thing you know, you see them running and doing somersaults off of a mountain. I told y'all I don't read the Bible on the top. I lift the page up and I jump in and I close it and I'm in there. So I can just imagine... Chuck, being out there on the pig, pig, that's why I think pig farmers named Chuck. If you're named Chuck and you're not a pig farmer, please forgive me. I think all pig farmers are named Chuck, okay? So Chuck is out there. He's telling his kids, hey, tonight, y'all, we're going to have bacon. And he's like, yeah, ham hogs, yeah. Oh, yeah, pig feet. Yeah, 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 Dad, we love you. We love bacon. I love bacon. I hope bacon is in heaven. Pray for my house. And he goes outside, I'm going to go grab one of those pigs, and we're going to get some uh, bacon going. 
vacant. Everybody say vacant. I was like, vacant, yeah, pigs, vacant. Like, I re- Chuck Jr., come here. And little Chuck is like, yes, sir, big Chuck. You left the gate open? No, sir. I closed it last night because I wanted bacon this morning. Ain't not a pig in sight. Where's all my pigs? And then uh, Chuck the second come from next door. Got your pigs over there? Like, man, my, ch- my pig's gone. And then Chuck the third and Chuck, all the Chucks just come out and they're like, man, where are our pigs? Check out what they say to Jesus. The herdsmen fled and they told him to sit in the country and the people came to see what it was that had happened. Good news travels, y'all. They went and said, hey, we just lost all our pigs. It was crazy. Some of them started like whipping and then they just jumped off the cliff. It was the craziest thing I had ever seen in my life. The pigs just was running and they jumped off the cliff and they went in the water and they drowned. And they came to Jesus. So now the whole town don't came out because they just had all their bacon and ham gone. All right? They came out to see what was going on. And the man, God, y'all please get Legion is sitting next to Jesus at his feet. That's what Luke's account say. Clothed. He has on clothes now. And he's in his right mind. The Bible would describe that as peace. He's at peace. Where he got clothes from? I'm in it. So I'm looking around like, bro, you was naked. By the time everybody came back, you had clothes on. Where in the world you found some clothes at? I'm going to just guess Jesus probably had some extra clothes because he knew that he was going to see him. So Jesus takes his perfection, his spotless clothes, and wraps it around dirty legion. So now when the people come, they can't see his cut marks, they can't see his dirt, they can't see his sin, they can't see his unclean spirit, they can't see his struggles, what they look at and they see is If that's not the gospel, I don't know what is. If that's not the gospel, I don't know what is. That he would take filthy sinners and wrap them in his robe of righteousness and it covers our sin. Amen. It covers our brokenness. Guess what the... Guess what the people did? I, so they, they, they see, bruh, Legion, from the tombs with the cut marks. He's no longer yelling and screaming and, and rambling. He's now seated at Jesus' feet. He got on clothes. Like he got on a fresh outfit, Louis Belt, all that kind of stuff. Don't, there's no Louis Belt in the Bible. In my mind, he just was clean, all right? He had on a clean, straight and narrow outfit, whatever. And he's, he's sitting there, and he's next to Jesus, and he's calm, and the people put two and two together, so they're like, hold up, that's Legion. 
Chakisha. Who, so, okay, so she's, okay. All right. So the pigs, so what was in him went in our pigs, and all oh, the pigs tried. It's the first thing they say. Hey, Jesus, can you please leave? The Bible says they begged him to leave. Hey, man, you can't come here on here no more, man. Bye. Like, get out of here. <sighs> when people really start being free, it's always going to be a group of people that oppose true freedom. They were fine with his freedom to run around in the graveyard. But if your freedom costs me something, I don't want that. Jesus, you got to exit stage right, please. Please leave for mine. Don't come back. What did Jesus do wrong? You are worried about your pig enterprise, and this man just literally went from death to life. You have the son of the living God in front of you. You have the person who made pigs in front of you. You have the creator of everything, the one whom the angels see and they bow and worship and you ask him to leave because you are more worried about your personal profit than other people receiving freedom and I promise you it's still going on today. You wonder why after school programs are quick to get cut or mentorship programs are quick to be excised but we got enough money to build another prison. Oh, we got enough money to make the courtroom look better and bigger and brighter and more rooms. And it's because that there is a profit in your oppression. And when we as Christ followers come along and we start praying for people and they become liberated from and they go from death to life and they get wrapped in Jesus' robe. Please expect opposition from people who you touch in their pockets, bro. The government lost some money to my mama, bro, and me not being in jail. They lost some money by Jesus saving me. They could have got some free labor out of me. You got to pay me now. They could have had me doing, putting out wildfires for a dollar. They lost some money, so what they'll do is they want to keep certain practices and injustices in place so that their pig business can keep growing. They could care less as long as I'm running around in the hood amongst the tombs and not free, you fine. But the moment that the true Jesus of Scripture, not the one that America has made up, but the true Jesus of Scripture, when he shows up, he liberates and it bothers people. He liberates. Let you get serious about your walk with God. Watch how many people start falling back from you. Hey, I'm not, hey, I'm not going to the bars tonight. What? Why? Man, God don't put a new robe on me, man. I'm, I'm in my right mind now. Man, there's some things that I'm still working through, but hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to fall back. She thinks she's better than everybody now. She can't. I ain't better than you, big brother. I just, 
hey, um, Rico, we cannot be together no more. What? How? Listen, man, you're not helping me in my walk with Christ. You're helping me be further away. You throw me the rocks. You run around the graveyard with me. You ain't trying to liberate me. You didn't want me to stay in here. I can't be in here no more, big brother. I got to dip. Jesus is here. He don't gave me. Man, I'm in my right. I can see clearly. When I have those graveyard moments, his spirit, like, helps me to see clearly. Even though I still got a lot going on, Jesus was like, even when he had a lot going on, guess what? I was still standing right there. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. There's nothing in you that scares me. Nothing scares Jesus that's inside of you. Well, I'll have a lying problem. Jesus is not like, oh, you lie. No, they don't scare him. Man, watch out for people that don't. Watch out for people that don't really care about the salvation of people's souls. Please, man, this is why I do this. When y'all, I, I, I ain't gonna say I hate that video, but when it shows, it's like, because I know the tendency is for people to elevate seven. And no, seven ain't, seven is just clothes. I got on Jesus' clothes, and up under these clothes is a whole lot of wounds. It's a whole lot of addictions. It's a whole lot of problems. It's a whole lot of sin that Jesus has just wrapped me in his robe, and that's what y'all see. You're like, oh, he's a great man of God. I'm like, no. There's no such thing as a great man of God. There's just a great God in men. Amen. Not great. <laughs> this is the, the last point that I wanted to make. <clears throat> this is what I love about Jesus so much, man. Y'all say Jesus raw. Facts. He righteous and worthy. Nobody bet not. If Jay put that on a hat or a shirt before I do, I'm coming back to the Ville. You hear me? I'm coming back and it ain't going to be on a friendly tip. So they asked, they asked Jesus to depart from their region. And then beginning of verse 18, please put your eyes on it so you don't think I'm making it up. Jesus frees them, heals the man. They begging, hey man, please get away from here. And verse 18 starts off, and as he was getting into the boat, hey, hey, you don't, you don't, okay. Jesus ain't staying fight. Hey, get from around here. We don't, Jesus, I'll go to people who do want me. I'll go to the people who do want me. I learn, I try to learn everything I can from this man. Yeah, uh, seven, I'm like, excuse me. I'm, I'm getting back in the boat. While y'all in here arguing about policies and stuff, I'm going to go be with the kids, man. Y'all good. Y'all can have that. I'm going to go be in the streets. Y'all can have that. Like, excuse me. Jesus got right in the boat and said, I'm going to leave. Y'all on the type of time that I'm not on. He got right in the boat and was getting ready to go. And as Jesus is getting ready to push off, he feels like a tug on the boat. And it's legion. And Legion had not got his bag from the house and everything. He had not put his Xbox in there and the controller hanging out. He got his cell phone. Legion had not packed him another thing to close. He's like, come on, Jesus. And she's like, whoa, Legion, what, Legion, what you doing? And Legion's like, oh, I'm, I'm, we, 
I'm they crazy boy. They wildin'. Um, they let me stay over there for all that time and they um I'm just finna ride with y'all. And Peter was like, um, there ain't no room in here. Don't be coming in here. And Legion got his bag and said, Legion like, man, what's up? I'm riding with y'all now. I'm, 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 where y'all finna go next? We going, I'm going too. He's happy. He's excited. This is the proper response to the gospel. You hear it. You receive it, you were blind, now you can see, you were exposed, now you're covered, and now you're ready to go. You're like, man, I gotta go. Let's get it. Where, where, where are we going? He don't know what Jesus, and Jesus might be finna go jump off a cliff too. He's like, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm here. And, and Jesus said, hey, <laughs> Legion, bro, what you doing? I got, my, I got my stuff right in here. I got two controllers in case you want to play Fortnite with me. Like, we, like, you can play Fortnite with me, Jesus. Come on, man, let's go. Like, me, y'all don't feel his excitement. Some of y'all sitting in here came in like Legion, and you're going to leave out of here like the new Legion. You came in here not saved, never trusting in Jesus, and you're going to get to that door, and you're going to be like, but if that's real, like, I'm saved, I can do whatever. If his family was still alive, he was ready to leave them. If he was in a relationship, he was ready to get out of that. Whatever, them rocks that he used to cut himself, he didn't pack them or nothing. He was like, hey, Jesus, let's go. I got my foot in the boat. Jesus said, Legion, you came wrong with us on this one. Can't come with us. Now, if I'm Legion, I would have been like, I can't come with y'all, and I am coming with y'all. Like, <laughs> what do you mean I can't come? So I can just sense this a bit of dejection in Legion countenance. Like, you can't come with us, bro. And Legion is like, all right. I ain't good enough, right? I get it. Oh, because Peter ain't never been out there cutting himself in the, in, in, in the graveyard. I get it. Oh, because John, John ain't never been in the mountains and butt naked and people don't, you know. It's just me. I ain't good enough to, to follow you. Hey, you know what? I appreciate you for even throwing them things in the pit, whatever it was. I feel a lot better. Thank you, man, for, you know, doing that for me. I understand I'm not good enough to follow you and do that kind of work. But thank you, though. I appreciate it. And that was me. That was me, like, when I was debating on taking a position at a church to, to teach people. I'm like, oh, God, thank you for saving me, bro. I ain't good enough to do that. All right? So... And Jesus said, hold up, Legion. It's not, it's not that you're not good enough. Nobody's good enough. Peter definitely ain't. And Peter behind him like, <laughs> I ain't good enough. Jesus 
Jesus said, I got something else for you to do, bro. I know you just want to sit under my arm and be with me right now because we was just close. You was just at my feet. I smell good. I know that's that holy cologne. You don't know where I got it from. I can't tell you, but I know you just like rocking with me. I know it. I know it's fun when we this close. He said, but I need you to do me a favor. We got to go over here and rock with this. I need you to go home to your friends. I need you to tell them what I did for you. And Legion, probably in that moment, like, <laughs> you, you trust me to do this? I thought I wasn't good enough. Like, I can go. Yeah. But hold on. I don't know a lot about God and the Jewish people and stuff. I don't know a lot about the Torah. I don't know a lot about the Old Testament. So, is that Jesus said, Go tell them what I did for you. You know your testimony. Go tell them what I did. Because the word says, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So, Legion was like, all right, Peter, see you later. Peter's like, he liked to be Jesus' homeboy. He, Legion probably like hugged Jesus one more. Hey, bruh, hey, hey you, the, you the man, bruh. Like, don't worry about them with them pigs and stuff. They crazy. But hey, I'm going to go let everybody know exactly what you did for me. Thank you so much, man. Hey, I, I love you. You are raw, okay? Somebody going to use that in a couple thousand years. But you are raw. Thank you so much. I got to go tell. He puts his butt back on, and now he runs into what's called the Decapolis. Y'all got to understand what that means. It's in verse 20. He went away, and he began to proclaim in the Decapolis. Decapolis was ten cities that were in close proximity to each other. The gods that they worshipped there are like Zeus, Greek mythology. You got some Jews interspersed in between there who were waiting on the Messiah to come. So he's going into some of the most dangerous and rugged places. And like, hey, 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 hey. And they're like, oh, is that Legion? Like, yep, me, hey. Um, put my book back down. I was in the tombs, naked. And Jesus, Yeshua, he saved me. He's the son of God. And now I'm better. And people are probably like, this man is crazy. He's like, yeah. Um, and he can save you too if you're naked <laughs> or in the tombs or something. All right, anybody got any questions? Pick up his book back. Next place. Hey, guess what? I was naked. I was lost. And I met Jesus. And Bill, good news travels. You ain't really got it if you ain't really giving it. If you really got it, you're going to give it. That's a natural response. Natural natural response. The tendency for the church is to want to be like how Legion was in verse 19. Hey, Jesus, can I just stay with you? Can we just stay in here and just meet with other believers who believe like we believe and think what we think and they trust who we trust? This is so good. Like, just in here, I love 
church. And Jesus is like, it's cool to be in church. I want you to don't forsake the fellowship. Don't forsake assembling with the believers like he says in Hebrews 10. But best believe you better be out there telling other people. But it's dangerous in the Decapolis. But it's scary. No, what was scary was when you was in them tombs on your way to hell and I came and I saved you. That was what was scary. The gospel is for anyone. You don't have to be qualified to share the gospel. I never went to seminary, and I worked with a whole bunch of pastors and ministers and leaders who went to seminary, and they've read all these books, and I ain't never went, and I don't want to go. If you want to go to seminary, praise God for you and your ministry. I don't want to go. I don't, I'm just the bruh from the tombs that he put his robe on me, and now I just go tell people, hey, I was living like this. I was thinking like this. I met him. And for some reason, he loved me, and he covered me, and now I just go tell people in the Decapolis. Where's your Decapolis at? Is it at work? Well, I can't stand that coworker that she get on my nerves. She always gossiping about people, and you gossiping about her. He get on my nerves. He's just aggravating. It's so needy. Have you thought that this person might be in the tombs? They just come to work every day and put on a face like they're okay in school and wherever. Where's your Decapolis? And once you find it, once you know where it is, man, let the good news of what Jesus has done in your life travel to them. Lord, we thank you because honestly, according to Ephesians 2, we were all dead in our trespasses all of us not one person was alive and you found them we were all dead God you found each and every single one of us in the tombs you found each and every single one of us participating in behaviors that would have destroyed us and in your grace and in your mercy you drew near to us when we thought you would torment us, Lord, you liberated us. When we thought that you would punish us, you forgave us and you met us with mercy. God, thank you for being who you are. Lord, I'm praying for someone in here today that, that walked in and said, man, I have no idea what I'm even doing here, but I feel like I'm legion. I feel like I'm legion. And I, God, is just a lot going on in here. I pray that in this moment, Lord, that they would, that they would call out to you and say, Lord, please save me. Lord, please save me. And God, I thank you so much for your spirit that does seal us once we are saved, never to be lost again. Give us the boldness and the courage. Allow an extra dose of your spirit to hit the Ville Church and that they would go out throughout this community and just share the gospel in their squad groups. They would bring people in, God, who are not their friends. They would bring people in who don't know you. And they would be like Legion, standing there in the middle of the Decapolis, like, Lord, Jesus is the one who liberated me. It's in your mighty and matchless name we pray. Amen.